Hey, I'm Jacob, a presenter the BBC once trusted with two shows on Radio 1. And I'm Kieran, a pop music producer with a stage name that's impossible to say out loud. And this is Pop, pop Goes Capitalism! Capitalism. The one thing I'm worried about with this theme song is I'm actually going to start to like the uh, UK national anthem because <laughs> you've done a slapping job on that. It's 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 a it's an ironic thing, isn't it? It is, but you've definitely given it the uh, the rejuvenation I think it needs in the 21st century. They should really just use my version. They should they use should, your version. It's time. It's time to update it. You know, it's when been they like, coronate fucking <laughs> King Charles, they should just go. Okay, this is now the version we're going to use forevermore. Yeah, and they and they're going to have the concert and everything. Like it makes sense to like hype it up a little. Yeah, I'll give you some money and say DJ at the coronation of King Charles, whichever reincarnation he is. <laughs> This is Pop Goes Capitalism, a brand new podcast uh, with me, Jacob, and Kieran, my friend, over there. Woo! Yay. And this is a monthly show. In fact, I'll just put on the uh, little on-air admin while we discuss how this is going to (laughs) work. So every month, we're just going to pop up on your podcast feeds, talk a bit about music, talk a bit about politics... Bish bash bosh, there you go, done, sorted. And the first thing we're going to do on each show is a little thing called Chit Chat. I love the name so much. Yeah, the second you messaged me that, I was like, right, that's it, that's happening. That is what we are calling it. Because originally it was Chart Chat, wasn't it? But then, yeah, something but then along I, those lines. But, but then I uh, I messaged you and I was like, Jacob, wait, this is so obvious. This is completely staring at us right in the face. And neither of us saw it until this point. Like, chit chart. Chit chart. It's a roundup of what's happening in the chart alongside what's been happening on Normal Island. It's perfectly mm. logical. It's a little bit of chit chat. So I guess I'll do a wee summary of what's been going on then. Another month of Miley Cyrus at number one. Flowers, not a bad song. I do not want the kids coming after me, but calm down. There are better songs on that album. The Weekend has a track from 2016 that reached 74 in the top 100 back then, and suddenly that's fallen into the top five at the start of this month. It's called so Die For You. Not quite sure what happened there. And <laughs> Harry Styles as well. Still floating around the charts with As It Was at the high end of the top 10 all this month. And also in March. Mimi Webb managed to keep consistent on the charts with her track Red Flags, reaching and maintaining a new peak position of 12. Someone who has historically had a problem with consistency, however, is Keir Starmer. He's found his way into the news this month with his so-called Five Missions for a Better Britain, debuting what is perhaps the most forced attempt at a rhyme since Pitbull tried to rhyme Kodak... (laughs) with Kodak, or when Taylor Swift tried to rhyme me with me. (laughs) Keith, who is literally himself a walking red flag, recently debuted his next uninspired and lifeless set of ideas that will revolutionise Britain, or whatever centrists like him say nowadays. So, the five missions are briefly as follows... 
Keith wants to, one, secure the highest sustained growth in the G7. Blah, blah, blah. Words. Secondly, (laughs) yep, (laughs) words. (laughs) Secondly, he wants to make Britain a clean energy superpower. Thirdly, he wants to build an NHS fit for the future. Fourth, he wants to make Britain's streets safe. And finally, he wants to break down the barriers to opportunity at every stage. Hmm. So, I'm already seeing so many red flags with this story. He's a neon red flag, this man. (laughs) He is so bright, it hurts my eyes. The brightest red flag. Even brighter than the Union Jack he stands in front of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... So my first red flag is that this man has historically struggled with holding himself to commitments he does make in numbered lists specifically. (laughs) Like it's kind of a specific trigger at this point, you know, Keith comes out with like numbers and and vague centrist policies. I'm like, oh, (laughs) here we go again. He's like Dua Lipa in New Rules. (laughs) <laughs> one don't pick up the phone wait no but if 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 it was keith's song it would be i got new rules don't keep them you know what i mean <laughs> that's what it would be he's got new rules and he does not intend to keep them because half yeah. of them are just words like what the fuck does growth sustained g7 nobody knows yeah no exactly and the fact that that's the number one point it's like oh of course it is some vague thing about all of these bankers and gamblers in in rich people cities i'd respect him more if he promised to sustainably grow the g-force network of highly intelligent <laughs> rodent espionage agents from that one disney film uh, it would probably be more useful for the country <laughs> yeah who needs the g7 when you've got g-force <laughs> I love a guinea pig, me. Yeah, yeah. I I just can't get over the, the vagueness of this this whole G seven growth. It's just always the same thing with these centrist and right wing parties. Like growth, growth, growth. Capitalism, money makes the world go round. Like uh, not just growth, sustained growth. Oh yeah, it has to be sustained growth. Hoink. Of course. Ugh. Um, yeah, my third red flag. There, there are really a lot here, Jacob. My no, third red flag <laughs> is to build an is is build an NHS fit for the future. Like again, like you're saying, it's just words. What do you even mean? Like also, also to me, like fit for the future is like kind of a really low bar. It kind of sounds like like build an NHS that's good enough. Like build an NHS that'll do. <laughs> Next red flag, and this is one of the biggest ones, make Britain streets safe. And it's just like, oh, oh God, we're really going there. We are going to protect the women and girls by making (laughs) more police happen. (laughs) Yep. It's just just this same, same tired crap. Like, go tough on crime. Like, okay, yeah. And all it does is target minorities and, like, punish people for like problems that they probably didn't cause and are now trying to deal with like i i I can't stand it i mean who's the biggest perpetrator of crime i wonder without libeling anybody Mm -hmm. exactly trying not to libel anyone on this podcast is going to be our (laughs) biggest challenge yeah um, and my final red flag is perhaps the biggest and that's actually something i've not mentioned yet and that's the small print that precedes his five missions for a better Britain. 
which uh, in which Keith says that they all of these five missions are, and I quote, built on the strong foundations of economic stability, national security, and secure borders. No! Oh. <laughs> Like, and and at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm checking out here. Like, I can't, I can't cope. Like, so for for those who don't know me and are listening, I I live in the North. I was raised in the North. You wouldn't really hear it in my voice. But but this whole thing really pisses me off. It grates me. It so just gets underneath my skin. Because the Labour Party keep on trying to appeal to this fictional sensationalised and just really offensive view of Northern voters and, and the Red Wall as like unintelligent, racist and backwards. And here I am like in a Red Wall seat or like like my dad has lived in a Red Wall seat for for 20 years and that's one of the ones that, that flipped flipped blue in 2019 and it's and it's like I I think of me and my dad and I'm like and then I see how they're trying to appeal to like us two for example as voters and it's so offensive like knowing that you're being spoken to that way Mm. like oh they think that that'll get my vote like by being like by being racist and xenophobic like ugh. they've tried to become the Tory party circa 2019 or whatever as the tory party has like moved continually towards you know ukip and beyond labor went well there's an opening yep an opening to the right Ugh, can't stand it absolutely can't stand it um but what i wanted to ask you jacob what do you think is the biggest of the red flags that keith has presented here Oh, Keith, Keith, Keith. Jesus Christ, Keith. (laughs) I think firstly is all these press shots that he's releasing with his (laughs) massive fuck off Union Jack in the background of the photos. Like I just said, he is trying to become the Tory party of ye olden days. And Mm. like literally, if you change the little red square, which I did, I sent you the photoshopped version I did where it's blue. It's just a Tory conference speech. Fucking yeah. Union Jacks. The biggest issue I have with his five big missions, flags, whatever, <laughs> is the fifth one that you mentioned. So you've got mm. your like word salad of highest sustained growth in the G7. He wants an NHS fit for the future, whether it will work in the future, nobody knows. But five is break down the barriers to opportunity at every stage. And in the PDF that I downloaded from the Labour Party website, (laughs) they sort of go into more detail with this because I was like, okay, what are you talking about here? Uh And they say they want to break down the barriers of opportunity at every stage for every child by reforming childcare and education systems, rising standards everywhere and preparing young people for Work and life. Life comes second. Of life course. comes second to work. Of like course. I have a massive problem with the fact that work <laughs> is placed before life. Uh, and also wild. the wording in general. I can guarantee <laughs> this is going to come up again and again in our episodes. But the short of it is our education system prioritises conformity and obedience above all else. Exactly. And Keith's PDF mission does nothing to suggest that he wants to change that. He wants to break down what barriers exactly? 
probably won't be anything close to what is needed since preparing yeah. young people for work is all he seems to care about. And I won't derail our episode completely by going into <laughs> what is wrong with our education system that urgently needs changing and whatnot. But um, it's just it's just a completely unhinged way of micro-traumatising kids in an attempt to prepare them for the real world of work or whatever. Yep. And I've only started to recently unpack my own sort of personal version of this, and so I'm probably feeling a bit too raw to go into it in detail, <laughs> but... uh. This needs to be spoken about way more, and we need more than just buzzwords that go, prepare the children for work life. Yep. I know there's like a thousand sources that will be backing me up in an army of angry teachers too, but we'll all march on the Capitol at some point (laughs) in Minecraft. But uh, yeah, that's my biggest red flag with Keith's whole story here. Yep, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, So also in the charts... Uh, this month we've seen Mae Muller, you know, our Eurovision entry. She wrote a song. It's called I Wrote a Song, to be exact. And it's been climbing since its release earlier this month, currently sitting at number 30. You would hope that'd bring in some nice change for her, wouldn't you? It's debatable, though, since this month the uh, music industry, trademark, started calling for (laughs) streaming prices to rise, even though it was reported that global music revenues rose to... $26.6 $26.6 billion last year. That's £21.7 billion pounds if you like conversion rates. <laughs> they speak to any artists about this, though. Fuck no. The article I read was with Warner Music CEO Robert Lastname, who recently suggested <laughs> that the US rate should rise to $13.25, uh, £10.82 three in conversion based on the 2011 US launch price of Spotify which was like £9.99 adjusted for inflation yada 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 he was quoted as saying music is undervalued and this is not my opinion there are actual numbers to back it up what he fails to sort of say about music being undervalued though is that like yeah but maybe that's because money's being funneled somewhere else Robert can I call you Rob Seems fitting. This this article really irritated me. You sent it to me before and I had a look. And what irritates me probably most in the entire article is actually the title. Oh, yeah. The BBC, the BBC article's title is Music Industry Makes $26 Billion But Wants Streaming Prices to Rise. Like, like there really is this kind of disgusted tone to the article. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but look how many poor musicians there are. Like, clearly something, somewhere is having to give. But mm-hmm. they, they just seem so dismissive, even in the title. They're like, oh, well, you're making so much money, so there can't be a problem here. And I mean, it makes sense if you put the figure out on the table and go, well, artists have been making billions of dollars. But, like, how much of that are artists getting? And I'm not even just talking yeah. about, like, big artists. I'm sure they get a much higher percentage than some smaller artists, but like even smaller artists that aren't even on record labels and that, how much of that are they seeing? Yeah, exactly. How much is being reinvested into their art, into their crafts, into their studio spaces, whatever? Yep. Probably none of it. It's something I really hated about that article as well, is that immediately beneath the title, who do we have sitting there? Of course, it's Taylor Swift. And then again, it's like, it's like creating this 
like I don't know, like like the do the BBC want us to hate artists? Is this basically the point? Because then further to that dismissive and grumpy title, they have a picture of like one of the world's richest musicians ever. Yeah, they're just putting these numbers out there and being like, here's somebody with money. Yep. <laughs> Which is strange considering the person they interviewed, the CEO of Warner Music, has been in this job for two months and reportedly earns about 15 million a year plus bonuses, etc., etc. And now, and now it's like you're suddenly a fucking expert. Like, what did he, what did he do before? Do we know? He was in, he worked for YouTube. I, uh-huh. I remember that much. I can't remember what he did at YouTube, but he did stuff at YouTube. I also can't pronounce his last name, so he's just Robert. Um, it's like a typical CEO, though, isn't it? Like, they, they did stuff at YouTube, and now they're doing stuff at Warner, Warner, you know, and they're getting paid, like, shit tons. But it's like, what do they do? Uh, I don't know, stuff. Like, occasionally they, they make statements to BBC News, and then they get, I don't know, $15 million a year? Like, wow, really? They say, oh my god, I'm not going to get my bonus if we don't up streaming prices, so here we go. (laughs) I have multiple problems, even with just that little bit you quoted from from the (laughs) Warner Music CEO. Yeah. Um... Say, saying that uh, the US rate should rise to $13.25 based on the US launch price of $9.99. Mm. And, and I'm just like, okay, so you're saying you want to inju- adjust it to inflation, but you're not stopping to think even for a second that like maybe we were never paying enough for streaming services. <laughs> like maybe $9.99 was the wrong launch price. And then and then I'm thinking, you're the CEO of a fucking company. And yet I'm the one pointing this out to you. I have a degree in business, you know? <laughs> like, like these people at the top, do they have a fucking clue? Like I really actually don't think they do. It's, it's absurd. They, they all seem to lack common sense. I hate it. Oh. It is a question I ask myself so often. It's like, is this like maliciously being uninformed or being <laughs> overinformed, and so pretending that you don't understand? Like, where does the line and the line has not been drawn? And then, and then, and then, music is undervalued. Yeah, because dickheads like you take all the money. Yeah, imagine if Warner Music paid artists rather than paying him fifteen million a year to say music is undervalued. Yeah, music is undervalued, but I, Robert, am not. You know? Wink, wink. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> like, and then, and then, and then he says, and this is not my opinion, there are numbers to back it up, which you <laughs> quoted earlier. But then he, he goes on to make one of the most ridiculous analogies ever, in my opinion. And again, this is me educating little old Rob here on business, because apparently he doesn't have a fucking clue. Like, he compares, uh, he, basically he says that we pay half of the price per hour of consumption of music compared to per hour consumption of TV and or film on streaming services like, you know, Netflix, mm. etc. And I'm like, yeah, but and, and wait, at this point I thought of earlier is now even more absurd with what you you said like a couple minutes ago. <laughs> he used to work for YouTube. Okay, so then he actually really does have a clue. Some well, 
He should have a clue, in theory, about both music and TV. Mm-hmm. So surely he must know that, that music costs so much less to make than TV and film. Like, like music is undervalued, okay? That's a great thing to say, and I agree with you. You know, for all of his faults, you know, I agree with the point he's making. Music is undervalued. But when you make an argument and then make... And then you make such a, a an awful goddamn argument to back it up. Then then people who are thinking about it are like, well, that's not right. So I guess music <laughs> isn't undervalued. Great, well done, you lost. Damn. <laughs> now now no now everyone believes that music is overvalued. Ah, oh, like oh no, it's disastrous. I can't. Oh, God. What's oh. that sound in the background? I hear. Is that? A fucking pirate ship? Oh no, <laughs> it's the Pirate Bay! <laughs> Legally, oh. that was in Minecraft, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, just, I, I really can't with this. With you, you clearly know your shit, though, because like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that. But, but you're in this ecosystem. I'm not. So. But I don't even, I don't even know that much. I just feel like I know a reasonable amount for somebody in the industry. Like I've not looked. I mean, wait until we start discussing copyright, because then I'm really gonna make a fool of myself, <laughs> you know. But like, I feel like I just know a reasonable amount, and I feel like this guy does not know a reasonable amount. Okay, so moving on to our our final story for the month. This week, Miley Cyrus's new single, River, entered the charts at number 16. But while Miley Cyrus sings that her partner is never running dry, something that might be running dry soon is our planet. The UN recently published a report condemning vampiric global water use, saying that overconsumption and climate change are placing us on a dangerous path that is already making water scarcity endemic. As usual, the UN steered clear from any firm points of critique against any corporations. Instead, they took the typical together we can fix it wishy-washy perspective, saying that technology and innovation will play a very large role in looking at how to manage the water sector. To which I say that that's a lot of hot air for somebody who claims to be concerned about climate change. Now, the UN always tries to be diplomatic, which in fairness is kind of in their nature, but mm. luckily the two of us here can afford to be a little bit more frank. Burn so- the forests! <laughs> Let's do this! Uh- <laughs> oh, oh my god! You sent me into a squeal attack! Oh my god! Sorry. Oh. Oh. Sorry, oh. this story has infuriated me even more today than it did when we decided on which ones we were going to cover. Because oh. on Jeremy Vine on Radio 2, there was this oh, guy no. earlier who texted in saying about like insulation or something. We should just bin net zero by 2050. And I'm like, what? Jesus Christ, that's the bare minimum. We shouldn't be talking about binning it. Oh my so God. um, yeah, I'm in- enraged by most things when it comes to climate. But this one scares me the most because I quite like water. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm, I quite I'm like to have a drink of water. water. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody I think should it's... have it. I think everyone has a right to water and yep. they don't always get it. And that's because of bad shit that these fucking corporations mostly, but also governments that have been brought by corporations managed yep. to pull off. 
Yeah, pretty much everyone, I feel like. And it is just such a scary topic, I think, because it is just so like, like, you know, in, in Western, in the Western world. But when you say Western world, I mean, not even, not even that really. I mean, where, where is it in America? Michigan? The, oh, the ones having the ones having the really bad, bad time. problems with their water, but I yeah, can't so it's think not, where it is. <laughs> it's not even Western world, really, but like more so in you know. Increasingly, more in the also Western the West world. is being affected by the bad stuff that's coming, but yeah. we feel it, I guess, less urgently. Yeah, which exactly. is also terrifying because yeah. it's like, oh, we'll just let everyone else suffer first, and we'll be sort of okay for a bit, and then oh yep. shit, the forest burnt down. Yep, Rico and I play this game. Uh, Rico is my partner. For anyone who doesn't know who's listening, um, oh, I can say husband now. Oh, I still, oh forget. yeah, <laughs> bloody hell! Oh, I'll catch up eventually. <laughs> um, we play this daily game called Global. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, no. but it's basically like every day you just start with the globe and then you just put in a country. It's basically okay. like, and then it tells you how many kilometers away it is from the mystery country of the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, one day the answer was Marshall Islands. Have you heard of them? Can't say I have. <laughs> okay, so we were like, like, holy shit, like this is absolutely in the middle of the ocean. Like s- severely, <laughs> severely in the middle severely of the ocean. The yeah, ocean. <laughs> yeah, like extreme case of middle of the ocean. And and we were like, oh my God, like what the fuck? Like I, we've never heard of this. So we were like, like uh, looking up YouTube videos. <laughs> Oh wait, I think we did pictures first. We were like, oh my god, that's so gorgeous. Like so tropical, beautiful. And then and then we wanna we then we wanna see videos. So we go to YouTube. <laughs> and then we're presented with like a 10-minute video about how in 20 years' time it's not gonna fucking be there. Oh no! Yes! Yeah, like apparently it's gonna be one of the first like 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 I mean, there have been many a victim of climate change already, but like the first like hardcore like climate change victim, and I think if I remember correctly, like uh, I think they said it's like set in stone now. Like, oh, good. Like so, we can't is... reverse this one. <laughs> yeah, unless like, we put it on stilts. That's absolutely wild, though, and I think that stories like that really hammer it home. Like honestly, if we if we kept talking, like if we if this was a podcast about climate change, I would be a mess all the time because yeah. every time I learn something new about like the disasters that are coming, I'm just like more and more like okay, we really fucked this, and <laughs> I hate that I had like very little to do with that apart from existing. <laughs> yeah, um, but before we move on to the deep dive, then I have been on. One of the most uplifting websites yes. ever. And oh I God. had no clue about this website before, but it, it really it really uh took my day for a for a bit of a spin. Um it's water.org. Oh no. <laughs> so I have had a wonderful time making some questions so that I can give you the world's most uplifting quiz. So, do you want to play? There are tears in my eyes already. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Question one. How many people, either as a percentage or a number, lack access to safe water? Oh, my God. Is this global? Global, yes. <sighs> it's so frustrating because, like, the fucking ocean's right there. Why can't they just get the salt out of it? 
I know, right. Um, I feel like science should have fixed this problem by now, really. Yeah. But... The ocean should just be a big bowl that you can drink out of. <sighs> yeah. uh, either My guess is going to either be far too low or far too high. <laughs> oh, no. It's so difficult. I think it is so difficult to like be asked and have to like put a number on it. What was the question again? What am I going for? How many people, either as a percentage or as a number, lack access to safe water? They lack access to safe water, so they have water. Okay, I'm going to go with something like a million. A million? One million. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, Jacob. (laughs) 771 million people. (laughs) (laughs) One in ten people. Uh, Absolutely wild, uh, isn't it? Like, I don't what on like earth? that at all. I'm sorry, they don't One get One person is too many. <laughs> so again, as a percentage or as a number, how many people lack access to a toilet? Ah, oh, to a toilet? Yeah. Hmm. I do have a bit of question, a, a bit of a question about like what a toilet. <laughs> I, I was going to say define toilet. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you think? Oh God. Okay, so if the last one was like seven hundred million, let's go with uh, toilet. More five hundred million. One point seven billion. Fuck right off. (laughs) One in four people, apparently. Yeah. I just... I I mean, that one, I think, took me for a spin more. Like, obviously, like, if we choose one, we would choose safe water over having a toilet, I guess. I think out of, like, everything, I would choose, like, I can drink water. Like, I'll pee in a bush, it's fine. Yeah, um, but it's still, like... It's, like, I think that one shocks me more. Like, one in four people. That's... Ah... Yeah. So, third question. They're getting more fun now. My brain broken. (laughs) How many people die each year from water, sanitation and hygiene related diseases? Oh, my life of our lives. Um, (laughs) Too many. Do you wonder if any of these come from the UK now? Now that the oh, water companies certainly. have have decided to shit in the sea. <laughs> I mean, they always were, but now they're just a bit more like, oh shit, we did it again. <laughs> um, ah, I don't know. I mean, it's probably, whatever they've come up with is probably like underrepresented based on like, because people die of all sorts yeah. of things and combinations of things. So, oh. It's the age old question of what's on the certificate, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Let's go with 10 billion. 10 bit, no, 10 million. Nope. <laughs> that was like Suella Braverman numbers. <laughs> uh, nearly 1 million people every year. Ah, but that's that's only with their like primary, probably something or other. Yep. Yep. And I have a bonus question. <laughs> Don't make me suffer more. <laughs> and it's the last one. Okay. How how often does a child pass from a water related disease? 
Karen, why? <laughs> why? I think it really highlights the problem, this one. Okay. Ah. Uh... So, like, how, like, for example, like, uh, as an example, like, three and an hour or, like, something like that is how the answer is phrased. Oh, no, it's going to be... Sh- uh, it's probably going to be, like, two every minute or something, isn't it? Uh, close. One every two minutes. That's far too many. I know. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, p- yeah please don't over-consume water, everyone. <laughs> That's the it's... thing. Like, I don't think individually people tend to over-consume water. It's fucking golf courses that water their pristine grass, well, and companies yeah, that just decide, point. "Oh, we should poison this, that, and the other." And like, me having a glass of water is an over-consumption of water. That's just a thing. I guess you could argue yeah. like watering your garden, perhaps if you have a garden at all, is probably. <laughs> something along the lines of maybe you should like but there's like lots more that like big organizations could be doing to you know not waste water you probably don't need to wash your car half as many times as people do there's like a lot of things that don't necessarily need water or clean water to say the least that you could be using I, i i heard one thing while i was googling this topic um and it was I can't remember the exact numbers and I I can't remember. I think it was about the UK's water usage, but it might have been America's. And it was that basically like we put in so much effort to like treating water so that we can like put it out into rivers or seas without contaminating anything. Mm. But in terms of using it again, we only... We only yeah, so we're talking about like toilet water basically when it's flushed and then it's treated. Yeah. Apparently we only reuse four percent of it. Even though there are like so many purposes where like you'd probably feel fine like using cleaned toilet water. Yeah, like washing your fucking car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you insist on doing it yeah. and the rain doesn't do it for you, then yeah, why like, not? Yeah, well, like the rain's all acid now, but Watering your plants, or like, how about in industry? Like, you don't ne- you don't need any non-former toilet water to like water your crops. To be I honest, know, people are going to get iffy about uh, that one, though, aren't they? Because they're going to be like, probably. "Well, then I eat it. Well, then I eat it." Ugh. Well, if they say it's safe, I believe them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's probably safe to drink. I mean, I don't know how yeah. filtering works, but it probably is. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I guess in like, if we're still around, in 300 years time or so, people probably be like, yeah, why were they so silly back then? You know, they'll sit, they'll both sit down, each with a glass of former toilet water, <laughs> and they'll discuss, <laughs> My glass so of piss. <laughs> like, isn't it so wild that in the past, people wouldn't have drank this? The same way we go, isn't it wild that the Egyptians built the pyramids? <laughs> yeah. isn't it wild the British didn't steal them and put them in a museum <laughs> it's just because we didn't build a boat big enough you know that that is the only reason why we didn't <laughs> yeah or we haven't invented the technology yet to like you know teleport them Yeah, <laughs> London's newest attraction the pyramids <laughs> it's coming 2025 oh good lord <laughs> okay are we done with like hell and chit chat 
Yes. Woo. So I'm going to go have a breakdown. BRB. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <sighs> okay. Are you ready for uh, a main topic, Kieran? Our first ever main topic. Yes. Yeah. It's quite a fitting one as we go beneath the waves, deep down into the bottom of the ocean where we're talking all about how we, as a music podcast, cannot play any music. Because that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Doesn't it, just? (laughs) We're talking all about copyright today. I've done far too much research for this, and it still doesn't feel like I've scratched any kind of surface. So, let's start with the basics. What is copyright? Well, it depends on who you ask, annoyingly. But before we go any further, Kieran, how do you describe copyright? Yeah, so this is basically where I really show myself up and I'm going to, like, hide in a dark (laughs) room after we're done and and turn off all of my devices that have access to social media. Uh, (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm really not quite sure. Like, I get that I have it. As a as a music producer, I don't, I don't really get what it means. Like, like the, uh, I, I'd basically describe it probably too ambiguously, but like as the legal thing <laughs> that should that should protect a creator's rights to something that they created. Yeah. And then yep. I, I as Kieran, with Kieran's like political views, would probably say, should ideally protect the, you know, like <laughs> add, add in a little bit of a question mark because I don't really believe she's doing it the way she is now. <laughs> You're, yeah, I mean, according to the US Copyright Office, which is real, by the way, they define it <laughs> as a type of intellectual property that protects creative works. Mm. And then they go on to compare that to trademarks, which is like your brand logos and the shape of your Coke bottles, etc. And patents or patents, depending on who you are, which protects your invention or concept from, I don't know, socialism. They, you know, <laughs> this, this is a line that I stole from the video that they they have on their official YouTube channel, the US Copyright oh Office. Oh a patent protects an idea, whilst copyright protects the expression of an idea. I'm still none the wiser, to I be mean, honest. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> of course. I'm sure that everyone hearing that will just get it. It's just going to click in your mind, isn't it? What mm. on earth? They go on to say that copyright gives its owner certain rights over a work, and, this is a key point, it's commercialization. We'll come back to that word, right, in a wee bit. Uh, But I I I think that is the key to all of this. I need to say something. When you describe, when when you quoted this definition of copyright as, like, intellectual property, I just immediately thought of, like, WAP. From Cardi B being described as like intellectual, like, I love it. It's like intellectual property. Property. It's like, oh my god, some of the things that are called intellectual property. I mean, I if it. they had their way with like complete copyright crackdowns, the WAP X Mario Kart theme versions <laughs> on YouTube wouldn't exist, and I don't want to live in a world where that happens. <laughs> Because oh. I I like coconut mall X WAP. It's just good. <laughs> oh, so oh, wow. closer to home, away from the US, we have in the UK the okay 
Copyright Designs and Patents Act of 1988, which is a 322-page masterpiece that I definitely <laughs> read none of for this research. <laughs> Later found out the 322-page version's the summary as well. Fuck my life. Wait, what? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Our parliament loves to write really long-ass everythings just because. You know that if you did that in, like, a mock English GCSE exam when they asked you to write a summary, your teacher would be pissed. They'd oh, be like, yeah. What the, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Do you think this is a summary? Like, I've got a mark but then, this. But then when you get to it, oh, <laughs> it would be that, wouldn't it? I've got 20 of these to get through. And they're all 300 pages. <laughs> of hell? How dare you? I, I really don't, I don't. As soon as you get into government or the upper upper echelon of anything, none of it matters. It all goes out the window. No common sense, no nothing, no knowledge, no anything. Well, speaking of the UK government, their website defines copyright as a protection of your work that stops others from using it without your permission. Yay, a more human way of putting it than the corporate US one. Also completely inaccurate, though, like in reality. Like the reality is that, like, no, that doesn't work. (laughs) So the site then goes on to list what copyright prevents people from doing with your work. So what do you reckon is going to be included on this wee little list? Yeah, you see, like, I really struggle to think about this. Like, I mean, the main thing, I guess, should be, like, the theft of theft of creative works. I mean, I have opinions on that as, as a <laughs> concept anyway. But, uh, yeah, simply put, like, preventing people from stealing. But then also it definitely doesn't. So, oh, my goodness. You know, I see how you got lost in research. But this. how do you define stealing as well? Yeah, well, exactly. Um, um, Big anime eyes activate. <laughs> wink, 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 wink. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off because I guess you're gonna get onto the more political things later on with respect there to copyright. Is, on my, on my research sheet in a minute is a big red bit of text that says Jacob's steaming hot take incoming. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I'm not sure, because when I was talking to Rico about about copyright, he belie- he seemed to believe that they'd updated copyright law. Yeah. But, like, I, I, like, I don't know if that's the case. But, like, there was definitely a point in history where it prevented you from doing, like, loads of really really reasonable things but it was like technically breaking copyright law like like making a mixtape or like burning a cd or like copying music onto a usb stick like it prevented you from doing all of that technically preventing is really the the word that's going wrong in this conversation i feel like like nothing I think I think you'll find some of those still very much exist. The list goes on to say that copying your work is like you can't copy somebody's work, okay? Distributing copies of it, whether free of charge or for sale, renting or lending copies of your work, performing or showing or playing your work in public, making an adaptation of your work or putting it on the internet. Basically, all of these are fancy ways of saying you cannot do anything with a piece of work other than witness it. Yeah, it's like one step away from being like, no, you can't rewind it. You need to play it through. You yeah. know, like, like I whoa. mean, memes are in some real hot water here, as are clips, <laughs> oh, and you can't yeah. lend a book to a friend. But yet, those things happen. Nobody's That's ended up in prison for giving their copy of the Communist Manifesto to somebody yet, as far as I know. 
<laughs> that is, that's so much. Oh my goodness. Like also, when was, what year did you say this came from again? This what, was, what year was this? part of the Copyright Designers Patent Act, 1988. So like, why? Yeah, my question is, why would you forbid that? If it was written in like 1988, then like, there, is, there isn't so much of a fear, surely, of it being copied. So it's like, isn't it fine, a lender CD? Well, that's so extra. That to me. sort of brings me nicely onto my next point, is that like, I'm calling this and trademark patent pending, etc. I'm calling this ideal capitalism. You shouldn't lend your friend this book because they should pay for their own goddamn copy. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you ask me, it's just a waste of earthly resources. Save the trees <laughs> and all that. And pay thank nobody's been in prison for lending out a book as far as I know. But, you know, things start to get spicy when you start to uh, look at what and who copyright is really there for. Uh-huh. So, copyright protection is automatic, meaning... Anything you create, I can draw a triangle with a smiley face. That is now my copyright, patent pending, trademark, etc., etc. You have to actively opt out of copyright protection if you want to distribute your work or piece of art for people to do whatever with. And even then, you can still place limitations on that. It comes more under Creative Commons Ooh. at that point, which is a whole episode in itself, to be honest. But in short... That would make it easier for people to remix, adapt, and take what you made and make something new, either with it or inspired by it, usually with credit, although some people charge for it and there's a whole thing, like I said. <laughs> but that comes to Jacob's steaming hot take that copyright Ooh. is capitalist. Mm -hmm. Doesn't protect you from anything. It offers corporations and the rich protection from you, if anything. Your adaptations, your remixes, your interpretations and culture. Memes yep. and fam edits, dances, background music in your favourite coffee shop. Copyright is a weapon that of capitalism that pushes your art into neat little corners of commercialization. You want a video of yourself dancing to your favourite song? TikTok has the licence for that one. They want to show you a bunch of adverts in between clips of your friends doing exactly the same thing. If you want to make a banging playlist for your queer vegan cafe, too bad you need a license to do that. Oh, Hey, Jacob, that fan edit you made of Josh and Nath from the gay kids from BBC's Waterloo Road back in the day that you uploaded to YouTube about a decade ago? Well, it's banned in a bunch of countries now because the BBC has a commercial oh ring goodness. and it doesn't like it being there. I don't intend to make money from that fan edit, by the way. It just <laughs> shocked me that that was even a thing. I don't think anybody cares at this point. But yeah, copyright is a big funnel into the Elon Bezos pocket in the sky, is what I'm saying. Yep. Imagine a world not monomaniacally obsessed with gluing the contradiction of being alive to capital generation. <laughs> We could create, we could share, we could thrive without the looming threat of yep. destitution if we don't tie our ability to survive with what we create. <laughs> Media studies scholar Henry Jenkins describes this really well in his book, Convergence Culture, where he talks about the role of adaptation in 19th century America. Cultural uh -huh. production occurred mostly on a grassroots level. Creative skills, artistic traditions were passed down, mother to daughter, father to son, 
Stories and songs circulated well beyond their points of origin with little or no expectation of economic compensation. That what what you just quoted, honestly, that sounds like quite it sounds almost utopian, you know. I know like, it does. Wow. It? <laughs> like the idea of creating to create. Oh, and if without, you think about copyright in the sort of modern sense, the argument I understand the most from people who like really support copyright is that they need to make money to survive. So if somebody steals their song and sells it as their own, they need to be able to do something about that. But imagine yeah. if we weren't tying like the song that you made to your ability to, you know, eat and drink. Maybe yeah. Yeah. copyright wouldn't be a big deal. And if somebody took your song and put the download button on their personal website, you'd take that as like an honor that somebody liked it enough to put it for other people to download on their site because it wasn't tied to your financial what's call it it wouldn't yeah. be a big issue I in fact it would be a compliment yeah. to me not theft if somebody downloaded every episode of this podcast of which there is one currently <laughs> burnt it to a cd <laughs> and ten, sent it to 10 friends like that's an honor yeah I, that's, I that's, agree. that's sort of the end of my rant so i think kieran I think- yeah, I'll let you speak because my voice hurts. <laughs> I think, uh, with respect to what you said, I think it is interesting to consider it in that way of copyright being mainly a kind of weapon for f- for financial gain or like financial protection. That sounds like a contradiction in itself, <laughs> but like financial protection from theft because the main concern with with theft is is the money, that you're going to lose out money. And I guess, like, speaking as a music producer, like, if somebody, like, took one of my beats, if somebody just copied one of my beats, you know? Mm. And they're, like, trying to be like, I don't know, like, claiming that they produced it. Yeah. Then, like, I would be, like, very pissed off. But, like, but then when I think about it, then, then, yeah, like, I'd be pissed off, but... I could deal with that and be okay with it. You get me? It, because because there wouldn't be the money component. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is mainly about it is mainly about the money. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> it's all just, sad. I was though, just trying it? to add this <laughs> to my soundboard really quick, <laughs> which is stolen. Thank you, Pixabay, for that one. Um. <laughs> um so. To respond to your your statement that that copyright in its current form is capitalist, I would say simple answer is yes. <laughs> like, yep, I, I fully agree with you. Um yeah, I feel like I have a unique perspective perhaps as a music producer. So a lot of what I'm thinking about is the music stuff. Well, yeah, that's kind of why I wanted your take on this because yeah. I make things like I don't make music. I make like podcasts. I edit things. There's like different types of art yeah. and stuff. Whereas like your art is like tied to your name and your finances and things of that nature. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I want to preface it by saying that, like, I do personally take there to be, take there to be a value in the idea of copyright, to in some form, and I think that some idea of copyright might be valuable even if we successfully overthrow capitalism. Mm. Um, like, as as an artist, 
I, I would like to be protected against people stealing my work and saying it's theirs. And yeah. I would like for there to be, you know, respect for those boundaries. Yeah, like, I want it to be protected and mine. Now, I'm not sure if, if I were raised, like, in, in a thousand years from now and wanted to be a music producer, would I feel that way? Because it is is it all really actually so tied to the idea of making money that if the <laughs> if that was removed then and then i grew up like like a blank canvas you know mm. then maybe i wouldn't care so that's that's but that's a very deep and confusing philosophical question so i'm going to park that in the corner <laughs> um, yeah like so what i was thinking is that like like there's a power dynamic with copyright whereby whereby as you said, like you're automatically given these rights, like they're automatically conferred to you, you know, in, you know, in theory, I don't know if there's another dimension going on or something, but like you automatically get these rights when you make something, Mm -hmm. but that has different implications based on whether you're rich or poor. And that's another way I think that capitalism is like linked to copyright. Mm. So, so like, as a relatively poor music producer, like I know that I am literally at the mercy of some of some rich prick stealing something I've made, passing it off as their own. And like, I can't really do anything about that, you know, yeah. because I don't have a lawyer or anything. Mm-hmm. And also copyright civil law, isn't it? So it's like, and they tend to be like really drawn out and expensive. Oh, it's criminal law. It's criminal law. Wait, really? It's intellectual property crime. It's classed as criminal law. Could you? Of course, because like people go to jail sometimes, don't they? She gets locked up. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's criminal. But then still it can be civil, can't it? In the the sense of like people can, like, I think it's a, oh my goodness. Law is so confusing. It's so many layers. How do lawyers even cope? It's so many layers of just, like, artificial concept. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so detached from actual reality at that point. There's a whole section on if you film a film in a cinema with a camera. Oh, my God. (laughs) I made my own derivative work. (laughs) There was actually, like... (laughs) Yes! Like, I picked a specific seat in the cinema... I picked it really far off to one side so that I would really change the aspect ratio of the film and make <laughs> everyone look like kind of cool and whimsical, you know? And I actually think I changed the entire fucking meaning of and that film. And I made film. it black and white in post. Yeah, yeah, in, in iMovie. <laughs> and, th- and now it's, yeah, so it's, it's mine now. It's watertight. You can't get me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like... Okay, like I think uh, to move on with with uh, to move on in and argue all of the ways in which I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> secondly, I think that copyright is fundamentally grounded in like a very rigid concept of ownership. Like, yeah, and this is this is this is probably the thing that pisses me off the most. So, like, almost every artist, probably probably genuinely literally every artist you've ever listened to has probably acknowledged publicly that they are the product of the music they like 
the music they listened to growing up yeah. or like you know oh we used to we used to, me and my dad used to sing atomic kitten together <laughs> and i'm so inspired by them they're a daily influence in my life you know blah 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 you know every every artist acknowledges this because because like and I think everyone in the world acknowledges it, you know? Mm. Art is not made in a vacuum. It is referential by nature. It is iterative, you know? And especially coming from music, you know, like, I love making music. And I think that everyone's music is unique. And I do believe that. But at the end of the day, especially with pop music, it's it's all the same. It is and I love pop music so goddamn much, but it's all the same. There, are, there are so few. You know, there are twelve notes, and and you, you seldom do you use all twelve. You know, like <laughs> that would be wild. That would be a fun challenge. Anyway, no, getting my music producer brain distracted. Like, like there's only so much room for variation. <laughs> you, there's only so much that we can do to make something different. It's all so similar, and it's and it's so weird because. With this model of ownership that's fundamentally like, like this thing is fully mine and and not yours, mm. then it, then it creates such a disconnect because like for me, like as a music producer personally, I would say like my music is really heavily inspired by 2010s pop music, like Gaga, Kesha, that whole vibe. Yeah, but. But then I I have to follow that up in theory with like, no, but this music is wholly mine and I didn't copy anyone. No, 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 no. I, I had nothing to do with Lady Gaga. I never listened to her. I don't know who she is. Who is she? No, my music is completely mine. It has nothing to do with anyone else. No, 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 no nothing. You, you know, it's like, it's clearly bullshit to say who that. Who is this Lady Gaga? <laughs> like, it's clearly bullshit to say both things, isn't it? Mm. But like, that's kind of what, everyone is doing because like, you aren't allowed to adapt anything or any idea that wasn't yours yeah exactly but it's just it's just so stupid because everyone acknowledges that like art is iterative and art exists as a product of its time but then mm. but with with this really rigid model of ownership it it doesn't work uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's my second point. Do you have any thoughts about that? Just that I I completely get it. And my one sort of counter to the sort of bits where you were talking about like having like the ownership of something um and like yeah. it would be pretty bad if somebody was like to just take it away from you and claim it as their own and stuff. Like would that necessarily happen as often? if it even happens much at the moment, where somebody's financial situation wasn't tied to the things they created. Ah, uh, would people even steal? Because it's like, would would they need yeah. to? Exactly, yeah. There's and probably they... social aspects that I could understand, where like the social like aspects of like, oh, this person's well known for making really good music and then they go around pretending to be that person but in the age of like the internet it's quite hard to impersonate someone yeah it's just i don't know there's just to me it feels like in an ideal scenario copyright wouldn't need to exist like something could exist to say yeah i i made this exact work as it is credit me but you know what there's nothing else tied to that then 
there's like a really weird offshoot I want to briefly say. I guess you're aware of PRS and PPL, I guess. All too well. Yeah. So, like, I'm registered with them. Oh, and are you? What I find, yeah. What I find really weird is that whenever I register a song, I don't upload the song. Huh. Like, they don't have an upload song button. This is one thing I've always found really weird about, like, how these people protect, uh, you know, supposedly, like, protect my rights and get me the money I deserve, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know? Those two are the ones that should have paid you when I played your song several times on the radio at 5am. I need to chase these bitches. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're playing. They're playing with me. <laughs> they're taking me for a fool. <laughs> no, but, like, it's it's like, I don't really get what's going on. Like, it's it's all of these codes. Like, I do things right. But it's like, surely it would be much easier to, like, have my song. Also, like, the reason why I'm so, like, I'm really invested in, like, everything. Like, I have a Patreon and, like, I register every month's demo, even, yeah. <laughs> with PRS and PPL, <laughs> just so that I have a record. If anyone were to take it, I could say, no, that is mine. I made that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, isn't the easiest way of doing that for me to just, like, upload the song <laughs> it's so strange to me but yeah that that's a bizarre that's a random offshoot because i've never got that and now that i've put it out into the world i feel a little lighter but yeah here's my what i would say the biggest problem i have with copyright as a music producer is and this is and this is basically where like the concept of ownership meets the power dynamics about like who has the power and resources to enforce copyright law Mm. And then I think that those two things come together to create the worst, at least from the perspective of a, a, of a music producer, which is that there are really two different games being played, the rich, the rich persons and the poor persons. So oh, like, absolutely. So like, here's the poor person's game that I have to play every fucking day. Oh my God. I feel like I'm really having a vent right now. This is no, very therapeutic. But Let's like, go. Okay, like, I can't just call up Lady Gaga's legal team and tell her that I want to sample the rah-rah-ah-ah-ah from Bad Romance. Like, hey, I can't you just re- did it. She's coming for you. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, I did. Oh, no. <laughs> you reproduced it with your mouth. Oh, we need to re-record it. Like, I can't call her. I can't call her legal team. I wouldn't have the foggiest. I don't have a clue. Like, how do I how do I reach her? Like, oh no! If and and you know what? It's probably best that I don't know how to reach her because I'll be like, here's a beat, here's a beat, here's a beat, because I'd want to produce for her. So yeah. <laughs> probably best I can't reach her at this point. But like, but like, in theory, like after landmark cases in America and like, <laughs> let's let's say the name and move on quickly because <laughs> it's a loaded title blurred lines <clears throat> uh, like after the lawsuit with blurred lines and marvin Gaye's estate like like in theory i have to be so careful to avoid melodies lyrical phrases like sounds and arrangements because fundamentally a cowbell means that like robin thick and farrell williams owe marvin Gaye's estate like millions of dollars and like <laughs> they now have like so, some sort of right to that that song you know completely completely 
with in my opinion without merit but now the consequences of that like landmark decision are that i'm just so vulnerable like mm. and it's like yeah i grew up listening to music i'm probably gonna yeah there's one song i have uh it's it's on my patreon it's called more and i wrote it in like 2016 and i will never be able to release it unless i am like so successful that i can contact big artists because and i wrote this not copying anything yeah uh, and and there's a bit in it which goes ah 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 yeah do you recognize it i think i do is it Nicki minaj no it's oh. barbie girl oh i was thinking of like a Nicki minaj song that sounded a bit like I mean, Nicki Minaj could afford to sample it, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nicki Minaj would have the contact. So, like, so like basically, I... Ooh, oh, I love Pound the Alarm. That's what it reminded me of. Um... They're quite similar. Well, maybe I'd be sued from two different... Two different <laughs> people. <laughs> You're being dominated by two separate women. <laughs> like... Like, but it's like, I accidentally did that. And then it bugged me for a week when I was listening to this demo. And it took me a week to to even work out, like, shit, it was Barbie Girl. <laughs> like, damn. That, that, like, it came from my mind. Damn it, Barbie. And it's, and it's like such a, oh, I'm going to say, it's such a blurred line. <laughs> like, like, I've listened to Barbie Girl, you know? I've listened yeah. to it in my life. Yeah. I know it. Okay, but We've I wasn't all been thinking... cursed with that. <laughs> but like, I wasn't listening to Barbie Girl in the run up to making that song. But like, I had listened to Barbie Girl, so it's like a it's a really complicated question. Like, did I pick did I pick something out of the Barbie Girl folder in my brain, or mm-hmm. did I like create something new in my brain that accidentally matched? What is the difference? Does it matter? Like, what's going on? It's so confusing. But all I know is that basically, because I'm playing the poor person's game, I don't have the contacts to reach these people to use that to, yeah, to use that sample legally. And I also don't have the money to fend off a lawsuit if that were to be the song that made me more popular. And then they came for me and my money. Like, I wouldn't have the money to fight that. You mm. see? So it's like, fundamentally, I can't even create the same music that a rich person can. Mm. Or I can't release it. Even though, if I do say so myself, your production quality is... Mwah! Oh, thank you very much. Fantastic. <laughs> but I mean, um, just look at our theme song for this podcast. Oh, I do I do enjoy it. A 10 out of 10, no nice. <laughs> I am proud. Despite the like, colonialism aspect, I guess, but... <laughs> <laughs> the problem is more deep than the production. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, next, I want you to try and recreate Rule Britannia with all twelve notes um, <laughs> for the end of the podcast. Or Jerusalem. <laughs> that that'd be iconic. Then that'd be a bit more awkwardly religious as well. You know, mm. be a bit be a bit more scandalous. <laughs> scandalous. <laughs> but like, yeah. And then to to like give the counter example to to what i'm saying like the poor person's game so like now let's look at the rich person's game i'm going to take a very rich artist <clears throat> beyonce okay yeah. yeah you've heard i get i i mean i get yeah i don't even know what i'm asking but i'll ask anyway no you've i've heard, never heard of beyonce <laughs> who is this woman <laughs> you've heard break my soul yeah because that was yeah. like really big yeah my brain just started singing it so yeah i've heard it <laughs> 
like, and you know how, like, uh, like the Show Me Love writers were credited as a sample? Show Me Love. Oh, do, were they? Do, 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 do. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness, you don't know this. Oh, that's exciting, because I get to tell you, like, and you don't know. Is that oh, my part goodness. of that song? Okay, well... Okay, this is great then. I'll, I'll tell you why, allegedly. It's not alleged because it's all settled. But I'll tell you why and then you can tell me whether you agree or not. <laughs> the reason why the Show Me Love writers are credited on Break My Soul to the best of my knowledge is because they used the same synth preset on the same keyboard for the bass line. I'm sorry, What? Are you fucking kidding me? No. Absolutely absurd, isn't it? Like, I, I really disagree <laughs> to my core. Like, they're so different. Break my soul's like... Dun, 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 you know, isn't it? And then, yeah, and then show me... Soul. And then show me love is obviously the whole, like... Boo, 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 You know, it's, they're, they're so different. And, it, and it's so ridiculous to me because it's like, apply this to another context. What am I... Am I going to have to give you credit because I played a piano? <laughs> the inventor actually... of the piano wants copyright for anybody that used a piano in their life. Yeah, like, God God forbid that Kieran used a Yamaha piano, grand no, piano. No, 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 you should be using um, a fucking Logitech. <laughs> like, they make pianos, it, I don't know. It's so, it's so wild to me. But, like, so basically there's, like, this this trend now in the upper echelons of the music industry of basically like preventative crediting where where you're trying to like prevent a lawsuit so you're like oh it sounds vaguely similar so let me just call you up give you a little bit of money to shut you up does this mean that we're gonna run out of like musical arrangements eventually and everyone will be suing everyone because that's the logical conclusion that this is coming to in my brain <laughs> I'm going to release my first full-length album and it is just going to be an hour and 20 minutes of fucking silence because that's the only thing I'll be able to get away with releasing. No, no, somebody owns that. You can't do that. That's stealing. And then everyone, the everyone in the world. The will be the cars in the background or whatever or the static from your computer monitor, which is like generated by, I don't know, feckin' Dell. <laughs> Every everyone in the world walking around making like fucking like whale or dolphin clicks, like echolocation <laughs> clicks, because they're not allowed legally We've to be copyrighted words now. <laughs> oh, like, it's just it's just so wild to me. Like it's so unfair even with this sampling thing, you know? Mm. Like so Beyonce's Beyonce's giving credit where credit isn't even due. No. And so how far does this go? The yeah. future is bleak, thanks to science. <laughs> yeah. So, so that that's what I have to say about copyright being capitalist. But to summarise, yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we could have saved so much time. Uh, <laughs> then again, I suppose the podcast isn't needing content. So, um, yeah, there you go. Copyright. Ah. Um, so, here's my last little bit. I promise to try and keep it quite quick. Uh, there is a reason we are talking about this. Because this podcast is about music and the adjacent political themes thereof. And mm -hmm. so, can we actually play any music at the end of the show when we want to recommend you a load of songs, etc., etc. 
without being sent to the phantom zone for bad boys and non-binary individuals? <laughs> well, the answer's complicated, but there are a few tried and tested methods. Any ideas what those might be, Kieran? Uh, pitch shifting, so we could make everything hyper-pop. Pitch shifting fun. is... You know what? Yeah, I've got a little game for you if you're up for it. <gasps> Ooh, a game? Okay. Okay, <laughs> here we go. This is Guess That Song! Woo! Okay. Here oh is three heavily distorted tracks. Oh my goodness. I need okay. you to guess <laughs> what they are. Okay. Oh, Flowers, Miley Cyrus. What was that? Flowers, Miley Cyrus. Yes. You got that one really fast. It was, it was when it was the better bit, because it's like very rhythmically unique to that song. If I, I was on the radio, I'd then play the actual non-completely distorted version, but I can't. <laughs> yes. So I guess we'll move on to... <laughs> Pause it is a, a bit more hyper popularized I guess. Pause the pause the podcast and then you can all go away and play it yourselves and then you'll get the full experience. It's been number one for fucking weeks. I'm sure they've managed to hear it by now. But um, maybe they want to hear it just one more time. Yeah, come back, my friends. <laughs> that is another way, by the way, is you, you sing, you, you can cover it without worry yeah maybe i should work out how to make auto-tune live work and then i'd be willing (laughs) (laughs) but not without not me (laughs) i made this one so hard is it is it like I don't even know the name of the song. Is it like Place on Earth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. <laughs> oh, I can I can hear what you think, Matt. Here it is it's again. Kind of... <laughs> I don't have a fucking clue. It sounds I, like I, Obviously, I had thrilled. to go really in on it. Otherwise, I probably would have got sued me ass off. So It sounds um... like somebody threw a stereo into like a plane turbine. Do you know the song? <laughs> like, Do you want to know who it is? It's is Mr. It? Brightside. <laughs> ah, ah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I hear it, yeah. Yeah, I can hear it, yeah, but I, I don't think anyone could, like, hear it until they've heard it. Until I've said it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was difficult. I can't imagine what you've got lined up. Okay, if you've got here's your final one. heavily distorted track. Okay. Shout real loud if you get it. Oh, is it sunlight? Oh, yeah! I think I can oh, play you it can on play here. It. Yeah, I I'm can. Really do I have can. your permission? Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. Yay! 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 It was 
really, oh. it was really only though that high pitched like, oh, what? I can't <laughs> sing that high. And then, and then when it kept on repeating, I was like, wait, that's the drop, isn't it? <laughs> I tried to make it really like difficult by taking out most of the beats. <laughs> See, I was trying to like really silence the whatever. The you know what's boom, funny? Boom, booms. It's that like when when I'm like mastering my music, like sometimes I'll accidentally press the keyboard, like my literal computer keyboard, but then it plays it because it makes the it makes your literal computer like letter keyboard into effectively like a piano keyboard. Oh, so like, that's cool. So like, for example, if I press P then it would pitch shift it up by like, I don't know, I can't be bothered to count right now, <laughs> but like left to right, like up however many semitones. So like most of my songs I've ever released, there'll be one time while I'm mastering them where I accidentally press like a key on the keyboard and hear a really weirdly pitch shifted version of it. <laughs> it's actually like a lot more common than you'd probably think. So I guess that also gave me like a little bit more of a, help with that one i do love a pitch shifted note it has to be said <laughs> but i don't think playing songs this distorted is really an option for the podcast no. i'm also a little bit worried about the sort of like you know it's still the song it's just distorted um oh yeah like on a technicality we, like i said we can cover things i've got one cover song if you want to try and guess what this is Oh, um, okay. Actually, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna cover it. Uh, pick a number between one and fourteen. Ooh, seven, seven. Obviously, seven. Ah, oh, seven for seventh. Yes. How's this sound? Oh, fat minute. Okay. You sound like a magic mirror. <laughs> I don't know. I just get that vibe. I'm know. about to cover a song as a magic mirror. <laughs> In this world. It's just us. Young knows it's not the same as it was. Oh, oh, as oh, it oh, was. Oh, oh, goodness. It sounds better. It's an improvement on the original. God. It's Harry Styles. I hate that song. <laughs> I forgot I have my like, things and I haven't been using them. Oh. Correct. You should just spam it to like celebrate us for all of our achievements during this first episode. <laughs> Need like I've a also got firework the... for when oh, you, we do a bad. You did use that one once, I remember. I yeah, can't remember I, I used that one once, but I don't even know if it was in the right place. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Anyway, <laughs> the last bit I have on copyright are exceptions Ooh, to fun. copyright law. Any idea what kind of exceptions might be in place, specifically for copyright law in the UK? <sighs> Okay, in the UK, I don't, basically, I don't know, like, isn't there some fair use thing where it's like, if for, for purpose of critique, but then is that American? Because I remember something like that from YouTube, but that's obviously American. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's mm. a minefield. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> some of the things that you've probably not thought of, and neither had I, um, because you see it up here, it says about copyright, you aren't allowed to perform or show or play a piece of work in public. But you can if you are a teacher and it is for a class. 
So you know when teachers uh-huh. put on the Muppet movie? That's allowed uh-huh. under copyright law. You're allowed for non-commercial research and private study. Whatever that means. You're allowed text and data mining for non-commercial research as well as time shifting. So wait, what are you allowed to do for private research? Exactly. You're allowed to copy break copyright break law copy. for non-commercial research and private study. What I think this means, and I'm not entirely sure, but it's something along the lines of you might need to record something illegally. Like, let's say the film in the cinema, you film it with yeah. the camera for, for... I couldn't think of a reason, but, you know, that would possibly, like dismiss a case brought against you what if what if though let's say because the other it was private research or non-commercial research wasn't it what if i was at a university you know like actually ended up pursuing that and getting like Mm. i don't know further and then i decided that i wanted to run a non-commercial piece of research about like how far can i illegally spread an illegally downloaded piece of music, then do I do I get out of jail free for that? Because it's research. Like, I'll write a paper on it. I don't mind. That sounds fun. You know? It's like, how far can I get it? And we got the USB sticks. You know, the USB stick copying machines. Like, we go hard. You know? Copying CDs, DVDs, like the whole bit. I think like, I found an answer. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. In assessing whether you, your use of the work is permitted oh. or not, you must assess if there is any financial impact on the copyright owner because of your use. Where the impact is not significant, the use may be acceptable. The government, they always want to take away your fucking fun. Jesus. <laughs> like, I was excited for that. I was half wanting to go back to uni. Yeah, just Ugh. see how far you can illegally distribute Gaga CDs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I do? Nah, when albums leak. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not going to admit to what I do or don't do, but in theory, <laughs> if an album leaks, you know. <laughs> but then, You are the one like, that leaks these albums? No. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's what that sounded like. <laughs> oh Legally, God, this is in Minecraft. <laughs> like, it, like, sometimes you download a leak, but it's actually, like, a different album, like Madonna or something. <laughs> Like this I remember, Ava when Max album sounds suspiciously like Madonna. <laughs> I remember when Art Pop was leaking, and I was hearing that a lot of people I knew, <laughs> a lot of people In I Minecraft. knew, were were trying to to get the album, but then it would be like a Madonna album because obviously they had their like feud or whatever. But you know what I should do? I should just do that, but with seventh music. <laughs> legally leak your own music but that makes yeah. it legal i guess like, that's like just a distribution disease. yeah <laughs> like like a disease like infiltrate everyone yeah oh that's an idea no i shouldn't <sighs> do it though because then you're like hated yeah <laughs> but then you know notorious i would try and spin it you know notorious i would be notorious You'd that's be like notorious. slightly more positive isn't it <laughs> yeah you'd be infamous <laughs> Maybe. (laughs) Another one that's an exception is time shifting, which is not where you drag a song and make it really slow. Like fucking Doctor Who? Time shifting? (laughs) This is where you 
I think this is how those TV boxes work. You know how you record and then you can like skip the adverts and stuff. It's uh, yeah. a recording of a broadcast that can be made on domestic premises for private and domestic use to enable it to be viewed at a more convenient time, etc., etc. Um, okay. This next one's interesting. I did consider this. There is exceptions to copyright if you are doing parody, caricature, or pastiche. Mm-hmm. This one was really interesting, actually. The next one down is sufficient acknowledgement, which I thought could work for us, but it's only in for certain ex- in um, exceptions. Uh. So if you're making a copy of somebody else's work, it's necessary for you to significantly acknowledge their work, but they sort of still need to have told you to that you can do that or it's for the purpose of news reporting or stuff uh-huh. to that effect. So that one doesn't really help us. Before we get onto the two that I reckon would cover us the best, I did find this one so interesting and I had never considered it. And I think, oh my God, I'm a terrible person for never considering this. (laughs) Copyright exemption can be blanketly put on anything if you are adapting a piece of work to help disabled people. Wow. So if you're making Braille, audio, or large print copies of books, newspapers, adding audio descriptions or subtitles to already broadcast things, etc., etc., all of that, it's the biggest section on here, is legal under copyright exemption laws. I'm actually really, really pleasantly shocked by I mean, that. that's like the best one on there. Like that, that, And I can't believe I'd never even thought of it before. That's... That's great. Oh, that's a really like heartwarming. Oh, that's nice. Cool. Yeah. So uh-huh. you're not going to prison for making a braille version of your favorite, you know, Tory <laughs> magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so the two that are left are the two that I reckon could cover us in certain okay. situations. The first one, as you said, fair use. This is called fair dealing in the UK. And uh-huh. it kind of works. It's <laughs> It's it's a very odd one, and I'm not entirely sure exactly how it works. Uh-huh. It's essentially saying you can use it if it doesn't affect the market for the original work. So if you use it as a substitute for the work, causing the owner to lose revenue, it's not likely to be heard as fair uh-huh. dealing. Which I would then argue, well, at the moment, we ain't making money from this podcast, so we could use music because nobody's downloading, like, the latest Miley Cyrus flowers from this podcast. Yeah. But it does say if it causes the owner to lose revenue. And the way that it's all worded makes me think anyone with more money than me could just say we're losing money and win. Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's all. Yeah. What was the first part of that again? The The quote. You can use a piece of work as long as it doesn't affect the market for the original work. This is the weird thing, though, because it's like, in a way, technically, if we, like, (laughs) we don't want to be negative like that, but in theory, if we, like, played a song just to be like, we think that this is the worst song ever. It's awful. It's horrible. Nobody should ever listen to this song again. Like, go full burn book, but with (laughs) one song. Do we affect the... Do we affect the income then yeah i suppose you would if we told everyone miley cyrus should never be listened to again and that would technically be a fair like we've caused her to lose revenue on the one person that listened to this yeah 
yeah, and like valued our opinion. This whole to, thing like, is a big mess, but the last one, <laughs> the last one is <laughs> Woo. criticism, review, and reporting current events. I've highlighted this as our best chance because I reckon like 98% sure this would cover us if we didn't like play the full track if we were playing a snippet to like review that would be yeah. cast as a review or a criticism etc um but then i realized that the terms and conditions of the host we're using for this podcast says it's a blanket ban on using copyrighted music anyway so this one doesn't really work so I think it would if I was hosting it on, say, like, my own private server that I somehow had set up. Yeah. It could cover us, but would it? I don't know. If we're fighting against Ed Sheeran, chances are we'd lose. Yeah, it's also just as soon as some... Yeah, it's just one main person can just come along. That's the fear, isn't it? Yeah, that's the fear. Lily Allen. Yeah. Good song. <laughs> <laughs> so that is our first main topic... Yay. Done. Copyright. Woo-hoo. We can't play music on the music podcast, but we can recommend you some good music. Yes. Kieran, would you like to go first in the music room? I did have a sound effect for this, okay? okay. I was going to do, like, a creaky door. I looked at all the creaky door sound effects that I could use for the music room, a place of recommendation and discovery. But uh, they're, they're so short, it just sounded like... Oh, oh, uh-huh, like a so sad door, yeah. either we don't do anything, or by next episode, next month, we come up with some sort of, like, your 12-note melody uh, to open the music Ooh, room. Yes. Maybe I should do, like, so, a horror thing. You know, I've got piano. horror, I think. I've got this. Which is Ooh. our theme really slowed down to oh, uncomfortable yeah. levels. Wait, what if we did a creepy piano ballad version of God Duh, Saves the King? Duh. Oh, look, you gendered the king correctly. Yeah, I remembered that we... I keep saying I the queen. That, I remembered that good old Lizzie has left us. So. <laughs> we must stand for the anthem. <laughs> um, yeah, so, first song I would like to recommend is Nick Dantes. Dantes, Dantes looks right. <laughs> picking Petals. It's it's kind of serving like S Club 7 in 2023 for me. Like it's really just like that happy, boppy, cool, pop, fun, like groovy track. It's just really lighthearted and I was so shocked when I heard it because I Ooh. honestly haven't liked a song like that. I've just popped it up on mine right now. This uh-huh. is good. Yeah, it's so immediate as well. You like turn it on and you're like, oh, okay, okay, maybe this is maybe this is good. Hello. <laughs> Who is good. Nick Dantes? Uh, I think that they are an actor. Oh, uh, yeah. Singer, songwriter, dancer, actor and choreographer based in NYC. Yeah. So, uh, but, but they don't have many monthly listeners. Oh my god, no they don't. Jesus no. Christ. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Nick. I'm not trying to be mean or call you out. We love the song. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that that would be a really good song to highlight here as well, where we can hopefully pop capitalism stronghold on the music industry. Well, that is <laughs> the name of the uh, podcast the podcast playlist. Pop yep. Coats Capitalism's <laughs> playlist. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> which you can find on all good streaming services, by which we mean Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Wait, no, that's not it, is it? Apple, Apple Music. Music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you can tell which of us uses Spotify and which of us doesn't. <laughs> uh, I guess it should be me now, because we, we've sort of gone with like a bumper edition of this bit, because it's the first episode. Watch, watch the second episode be five minutes long. <laughs> oh my God. Month. Taylor Swift? What are you doing here? Oh, you're suing us? Okay. <laughs> my first pick is from my like all-time favourite artist at the moment, Rina Sawayama. Her new track is Eye for an Eye from the John Wick movie, chapter four. I don't know. Never seen John Wick. I'm tempted to go and see it just because she's in it. But this yeah. song, it's got stuck in my head i like it i'm just not sure on the production it feels a bit flat to me it's i yeah i i listened to it earlier and i would i would agree it's i don't know for me she's she can be quite hit or miss for me i think that this song like when i press play like it's very immediate and it draws you in but then the chorus didn't really serve everything for me. See, I love the lyrics. An eye for an eye, a lie for a light. It's good. Oh, I yeah. like it. I just think, you've, you know her version of Free Woman on Gargoyle's remix album? Oh, don't like, get The me way that that Ooh. was produced. Yeah. All of that. It, this this song deserves something much bigger in the production. This is just like da 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 It doesn't, it needs something bigger. It's meant to be like... Lie for a lie, eye for an eye. It, it just doesn't. Yeah. But I still like it, so I put it on here anyway. <laughs> so, my next recommendation is one that I am sure we will be talking about a lot more. Oh, yes. In the coming months. But, but I am, I, yeah, basically, like, I try and stay completely Eurovision free until the semi finals, at which point I'm like, okay, let's tune in and discover all of these songs. And it also, yeah, I, I tune into the semi-finals, and then yeah, I've heard almost everything at the final. But then if I want to like party with friends for Eurovision or so, then I don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise I'd be like, be quiet, be quiet, everyone. <laughs> the song's on, so I can be a little bit more chilled out, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I've still not said the name of the song. <laughs> ah! We it's... should. I think people that know that know Eurovision know what's coming. Yep. Tattoo by Lorraine. I made an exception. I was like, everyone is talking about this on the Twitter. I need to listen to it. And I'm about was... to get to the drop. I've just started listening now. Oh, I've not heard I... this yet. Really? Oh my goodness, you're listening for the first time. Oh my god, I'm so excited for you. I'm, I'm so one excited. minute in and the drop still hasn't happened. It's a re- it re- she teases you. She really does. Yeah. But what I love about this is that when I heard Lorraine was coming back, I got I got like flashbacks to Lena, uh, oh yeah, who won with Satellite and then came back the next year with Taken by a Stranger, and I was like, I loved Satellite, and when I heard Taken with a Stranger, I was like, oh my no, get gone, I don't, <laughs> I don't want it, I don't want it, you can keep it, please. So like when I heard that Lorene was coming back, I was like, oh no, but but Ooh, tattoo that drop, yeah. Yes, I wasn't expecting that. It is. It's just like I feel like it. It really is Euphoria Part Two, and I'm grateful for it. You know, if like most Eurovision acts, you just know for their Eurovision song. So it's like if they come back a decade later, it's like no, I don't really want you to do anything new. 
you know? I want you to do yeah. the same good old shit that I loved the first time round. And I feel like Lorraine really fully ticked that box. And I'm so grateful oh, for her. That, I can see what you mean uh, by Euphoria Part 2. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's my not... first listen, however. And sometimes <laughs> I don't always get good vibes from my first listen. And Ooh. I'm going to say it. It's no Shrek 2 when we're talking about Part 2s. <laughs> Shrek 2 is the like gold standard of like a follow-up to an already yeah. a brilliant piece of work. This is very much the part two to a better song. That might change. Yeah. My opinion changes often. But uh, right now, after first listen, mm, it's I, okay. I, I think it's Euphoria okay. wins. I would agree with you for sure. <laughs> it's no Shrek 2. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talking about samples and copyright, though, my next track is from Inner, and it samples Ooh, yeah. Grieg in the Hall of a Mountain King from 1867. <laughs> you know the... Really? I read this, and I listened, and I noticed there was something weird, but I didn't even notice that. Didn't you? I don't know what's... I noticed that there was something weird... Old-fashioned sounding. <laughs> I think I had a I had a complete brain fade when I listened to that. Da, 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 da. I have been listening. Point. This is my strut song, which is even perfectly like amplified by the cover art, which is them with like really long legs. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like my crystal nails. So, this is somebody I have half worked with in the past. I produced a remix for Travi Austin, Jackson, and TYB. And I recently learnt that his name is pronounced TYB. I, I I'm didn't glad know that you know that because I wouldn't yeah. have noticed. Yeah, I was watching like a, a Discord or some no, not Discord. Like it was like some sort of like Twitch reaction to this song by TYB. Ah, oh. and then the person reacting said TYB, and I was like, oh my goodness, I it's know right now. there. Yeah, but I'd never have said it. I would have been <laughs> no, like, yeah. Tawaba? I think I, t- <laughs> T or Y I think I was thinking in my head it was T or Y B because of yeah. the R. Uh, yeah, so for anyone who's oh wait, yeah, then just the, okay, I don't need to spell it out. Whew. Anyway, the song is F M W L U. It's very <laughs> angsty. Very angsty. And I just you know, it gets that little like I don't know, it kind of does that Avril it gives me that Avril Levine feeling. Yeah, I am getting Avril Levine vibes from this. Yeah. But then, like, make it like a bit more like new and modern and different. But it it just it does that thing for me. And I, I personally, I need that sort of music every now and then. And I think that this is such a great song. Absolutely, I'm into this. Right, my next choice is from Vostok and Kristen Kostov, Ooh. who you'll know from Eurovision a couple of years ago. Um, really? Yeah, I can't remember which country, but he was one of the Twinks. Um, <laughs> Yeah, get ready for my twink counter for this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite hobbies. Um, but yeah, this song is called Iris, and it's quite it's quite lo-fi. 
It's lovely, beautiful production, and it is totally a song I could hear in Heartstopper Season 2. Purely based on the yep. lyric, I'm in love with loving you. Yeah, I, I listened to this one, and I really did fall in love with it. It's it's beautiful. Has this real like atmospheric vibe, like you said, lo-fi. I am yeah. really a big fan of it's that. It's on my Sad Boy Hours playlist, so that's <laughs> the sort of vibe we're dealing with. <laughs> Um, Get Gregory out here. <laughs> Gregory Dylan's new track, Genevieve. Absolutely love it. Fair. It's just a, it's just a bop, and it is so grungy. Absolutely love a drop like that. So just, oh, and the lyrics are just so strange. Sometimes certain cool songs way. give me like an object in my mind, and I always uh-huh. get a garage door with this one. <laughs> I think that does work. It's that like gritty, grungy thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's feel like, like you shut the garage, garage door, door and yeah. then the rave begins. Oh, yeah. Not that I've ever been to a rave, but <laughs> I love this song so much. It's so it's, good. It's awesome. Yeah. Next from me is the Imposter Syndrome National Anthem <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Lovra. I've never been entirely sure how to pronounce her name, but I am in love with her music. This is her latest one. It's called The Oscar Goes To. It's all about imposter syndrome, etc., etc. She's from Sweden, the language I'm slowly learning. And <laughs> if you're if you like this song when you hear it, click on her profile on whatever app and listen to the album Grown-ish. It's from 2021 uh. and it is like a solid body of work the whole the whole thing is just incredible but there is one on there that i relate to more than any other and it's called lonely ones and i just recommend it for everyone it's just my absolute favorite song of the last few years it's so good i thought i thought that and the oscar goes to was very inventive it felt very fresh to me with the like i'm not sure if it was their voice or somebody else's but like the the like sampled sounding. Yeah, I think they sampled actual Oscar people. Uh huh. From what yeah, I understand, I might have. Like I I loved that. I thought it was something very special and different. Honestly, it her music me... just shifts so beautifully, and that album uh-huh. is worth checking out as well. This is her like latest run of work, but uh-huh. her previous album is so good. Like it, it I I love old fashioned sounding samples in songs. Uh. The, the demo version of Mary Jane Holland by Lady Gaga had a sample in it of Ooh. of some like some like old man from like the <laughs> 50s or something some old and he was man. going like these crimes are corrupting our our these these yeah something about corrupting our generation it was like crime and violence it was crime like very like oh. yeah yeah like that yeah I'll remember that and I'll start sending you songs that I like with like little Ooh. samples in them. Oh, okay. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my last one is is a song that recently somebody who I'm producing music for at the minute came to me with as an inspiration. Shouldn't say that though, because well, I'll never say who did it, so we can't pinpoint it. No, we can't. <laughs> After that copyright episode, and here I am saying oh that God, I'm producing to the a first beat. Second of this song, <laughs> it's Nicki Minaj. <laughs> um, so the so the song is Minelli drinks on me, 
with the me spelt like the me in Minelli. <laughs> oh, um, I thought she was going for me off of like the we. <laughs> that would have been a fun. That would have been a better music that video. Would have been I would a have enjoyed funnier that one. take off this yeah. actually. Drink um, on my me. <laughs> like she's she's quite successful. It seems like from her streaming numbers, but like I've literally never heard of this person before. So. So I thought it would still be a good one to include. This is this is very this is very capital dance. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Anyone that's not from the UK is not going to get half of the things we say on this podcast. Anyway, really my last choice is um, Harry Strange, an amazing UK-based artist who uh, recently released an EP called "What a Goddamn Shame." This is similar name to that it's called goddamn shame it is a song that is just beautiful the whole ep is beautiful it's about like love and breakups and things and it really gives me similar feelings to when i first heard troy savan's early work you know era of Uh happy little pill etc and i think this guy is destined for such big things and i just want more people to start listening and appreciating good queer music (laughs) Yep, goddamn shame is so beautiful. You recommended it to me a little while ago. And I've Have listened you listened to, to the whole EP? Not yet, but I've I've listened to that one song a couple times since, and it's really grown on me. Like I, it, I love it. Like yeah, I really it's only four songs it. long as well, so it's not the longest thing in the world if you've not got time for like long yeah. EPs and albums. It's four songs. Goddamn shame, love, nosebleeds, and 2725. 2725, by the way, always makes me cry. So when you listen to it, think a little old me crying in the corner. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It does. (laughs) And it's the least listened to song. Give it more listens. (laughs) Only 8,000 people have heard it. More need to hear this. (laughs) But that's the music room for this episode of Pop Goes Capitalism. Look at us. We're coming in on a clean one hour, 55 minutes. I I just want to say it has been so fun recording our first episode. Kieran, thank you so much for agreeing to do this silly project with me. Thank you for having me do it with you. It's so awesome. So much fun. And it's so nice to have someone to talk to about like, Pop music and capitalism, all in one nice, neat little package. I love it. Yep. Every month, you're going to get an episode in wherever you found this podcast, whatever feed you use. (laughs) I've submitted it to so many. Oh, my God. Um, God. You can come back each month. There might be bonus episodes in the middle of the month. I'm working on getting some guests who will do little interview-style ones with, but we'll wait and see on that front. But... um, yeah, come back every month for your roundup of what's been happening in Chit Chart. We'll go deep and dive into some sort of Politico music-themed something or other. And then we'll give you a bunch of recommendations at the end. And that's Pop Goes Capitalism in a nutshell. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you yeah. next month. Thank you. Thank you.